Very good. I always start with very good, and I don't know why I do that. Hey, everybody. This is Mike Shea, uh, host of the DM's Deep Dive uh, right here on the Don't Split the Podcast Network. And today I am with my good friend Enrique Bertrand, the newbie DM. And he and I are going to discuss the topic of uh, all things – I'm going to use the word miniatures, but it's not about just miniatures. We're going to talk about tokens and pogs and pawns and flat plastic things and unpainted three-dimensional plastic things and unpainted three-dimensional plastic things that didn't exist five minutes before you hit a print on a button and – painted things and just everything that has to do with miniatures. Uh, Enrique, uh, would you like to introduce yourself to uh, the audience? Are we also going to talk about lions, tigers, and bears? No, we're not, not unless you use them on a table to represent okay. things. <laughs> All right. Well, in the interest of, uh, I'm a TV guy, Mike, so in the interest of sub-promotion, cross-promotion, I should say that I also have a podcast on the Don't Split the Podcast yes! Network, the Newbie DM Minicast. Today, episode three released, so I'm hopeful yeah, that people will go out and- Yo, Sabadilla. Hopefully people got to find him. My name, as he said, is Enrique. Hi, uh, I'm online as NubiDM on Twitter and on, on, on my website, NubiDM.com. And I've been blogging and writing and, and uh, sort of doing this D&D thing uh, online for about close to 10 years now. I think this is my ninth year. We sort of mirrored each other. We sort of started together with 4E, yep, right? Yep, yep. Back in the, the, those early 4E blogger days. Back in the halcyon days of 4E blogging. Yeah, yeah. We were just we were just talking about that the other like two couple nights ago, and we were saying like, who who do you think is going to be like the next big deal in D and D? And then you see this million dollar <laughs> Matt Colville train go roaring by. And go, wow, what the hell was that? <laughs> Missed that one. But here we are, right? Here we are. Yep, yep. Chugging along. Oh yeah. So well, and, and during all of this time, we have uh, been uh, uh, doing all sorts of things with minis. That be I'm talking about the back of the four E days. Um, you know, with the four E days, some sort of tabletop representation of uh, characters and monsters for the sake of tactics was almost, you know, I'd argue pretty mandatory. You know, um, I, I think it was very rare to hear anybody that tried to run combat without a map and miniatures of some sort. I've always heard. You know, you'll hear someone say, oh, I ran 4E fine without minis. I would yeah. love to sit at that table and watch them do it. <laughs> right. I, I remember, I remember, yeah, I remember reading an article from a guy who was a, like an old school second edition person who ran 4E and was going to use Theater of the Mind to describe it to the players. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, how, do, how does that work? Like, I'm moving five squares. How do we talk about that? Like, I'd really love to see that because I'm sure I could learn something from that person because it yeah, sounds sure. like a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, well, the options the options are certainly much wider now, I think, uh, when with running 5e. I have uh, come to embrace theater of the mind as as one of the, um, uh, you know, one of the one of the tools that we can use to run D&D &D and, you know, and, and I'll switch all different types. And I don't think that was as easily possible back in the 4e days. So I'm glad to have that left. So when I started playing D&D, &D, and I started playing D&D &D, uh, close to 30 years ago, I guess, I started playing first edition. That was the first edition I played um, AD&D. Mm -hmm. And we played it without minis. My mm -hmm. DM was a theater of the mind guy. Um, second edition, we had minis, but we really just used them for positioning and uh, marching order and that sort of thing. It wasn't really like a, like a tactical type thing. Mm -hmm. That's why when, when third edition came out and I saw how much of a chess game the whole thing had become. Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of weirded out about it. I'm like, hmm, I don't remember D&D &D being this. Mm -hmm. 
and it was kind of a weird change for me to, to suddenly have to use minis mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the game. And even though if you really read the 1E player's handbook, they talk in measurements of inches and, and all sorts of weird things where it doesn't really know if it's a miniature game or not, kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. That game's kind of all over the place, you know, reading back now when you after so many years, but... Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I don't want to uh, spend too much time strolling back through memory lane, but it, it is it is relevant to the, the topic of minis, which, yeah, I, I was the same way. Like, I, I played second edition, and we drew everything on paper. No no minis at all. Like, right. we knew there were pewter ones, but nobody had any. Yeah. And, and we just would draw on, like, literally on whatever loose leaf paper we had handy. And I ran for years that way. Right? Years, that's, that's, high school and college, that's how I ran it. And then, in, yeah, and, and then I, I jumped into 3.5, and it was so much richer with tactics, you know, with the tactical sides and, you know, opportunity attacks and standing and range and and cover and all this stuff and i and then they also put out and this this is germane to the whole topic of miniatures which they started putting out the plastic pre-painted miniatures um for wizards of the coast did you know with the harbinger set back in god knows when i don't know it must have been 15 years ago and it was the first time that I started using actual miniatures at the table and they were pretty cheap like you could buy 12 pre-painted plastic minis in a box for like, I don't know, eight or nine bucks. It wasn't a lot. And, and lucky for me, I bought a ton of them. So I have tons of these old minis. And um, what I, and, and the game kind of was, was heavier about it. And I remember seeing how Wizards of the Coast at the time, Dave Noonan and, and uh, you know, all the folks that were kind of in deep in D&D back then, um, they got heavier into tactics and, and, they used to run these things at Gen Con called the Dells, and the Dells were just combat. Like you would go to a table, and you'd have six characters, and you'd fight a red dragon, and that was your, you know, you'd do an hour long thing, and it was very tactical. And he, and I think Dave Noonan actually generated these character sheets that were just built for running at these Gen Con events, and that to me felt like the beginning of the fourth edition of super refined you know let's get rid of feet movement and go to squares let's talk about blast radiuses and, and squares and and that that heavy focus on minis and then they supported it with things like the dungeon tiles which i know you've you've used and we've talked about before um they supported it with you know they put out those plastic mini sets over and over and in fact they kept wrapping them in their own separate war game that I don't think ever took off i think they've tried that about three or four times right yeah, a few times yeah i don't think it's ever really picked up um, but boy, they sure put out a big blast of plastic minis over like a 20 year period and they're still doing it today. But for us, right? Yeah. Well, and that's, so that's, that's to me, this is, this is kind of the thing that's, I've always struggled with, with minis, which is, it doesn't seem like there's ever a good time to get into them because you're like, you're like, well, go hit the secondary markets and maybe you can get cheap commons, you know, or it, it, it doesn't. There's never been like a nice, clean like go out and buy a box in your set. Um, but one of the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about in particular is your use of of tokens that you make, right? You've you've had an article on uh, NewBDM for many years that talks yeah. about how to make tokens, and then you had one recently where you talked about how you made tokens for Tomb of Annihilation. Correct. And, and it seemed like when I looked at that, that was by far the most flexible and cost effective method of making you know some kind of tokens for D. &D. can you can you sh can you tell us about that and can you show us what you did yeah so i so i'll show it to you and bear with me for a second so when i started dming 
when I started DMing fourth edition, I went ahead and started making my own tokens. And they kind of look like this. It was like a tube. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, not a tube. It was a it was a disc, a wooden disc or a, or a washer. Right. With a Photoshop image over. Of, a, of a monster on it. Of a monster on it. Yeah. I don't know if I can't see my camera right now, so I can't tell if I'm. Yeah, we kind of get the idea, but. Yeah, um, so it's basically. Yeah, there you like go. Basically, oh, that's good. Yeah. Right. So you what create is... an image and you put it, you slap it on a washer on a wooden. Yeah. I bought these wooden discs right. at Michael's. Right. It was a bag of a hundred for I don't know how you know cheap. Right. Is that a rat? What is that? It's a it's a rat. Right. right. Yeah. Good. Yep. So and and then what I did was for in the four E days I made one side the monster and then the other side a bloody version of the monster. Yeah. I put a right. I put an overlay of a blood splatter on it so when the character would get bloodied or die, I'd flip the token over on the table and it was easy to keep track. And that, that's very similar to what Wizards, when there was that period of time in the later 4E days yeah. where Wizards of the Coast made cardboard pawns like that. And they did the same thing. I think somebody they, visited they my website back then. Yeah, yeah. They probably, right, they, they looked yeah, at your stuff and just ripped you <laughs> off. Yeah, so then yeah. What, I did with, what I did with Tomb of Annihilation was, and I started thinking about tokens, and really my, 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 my thinking was, how can I make this quicker? Like, what's a quicker way for me to... So here's what I came up with, and, I, and, it, and it's worked out really interesting. It's been pretty pretty easy to do. So I came up with a monster, right, a, a token for a monster, and you put a, a colored ring around him. The grung? Is that yeah, right? there's a grung. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's perfect, yeah. And I colored him with a green ring. You know, I right. made him with a green ring. And then I created numbered tokens with right. green rings as well. Right. So now when I want to lay down five grungs, all I lay down is the one custom grung. Right. And then I look for my numbered green tokens. Right. And that's my easy way to keep track of, of those guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I could reuse the green numbered guys again because I made other monsters with a green ring around them. Do all your monsters have green rings or do you separate monster no, no, types? No, no, no. No, no, I have separate different colors for different, okay. different guys. Do you want to there? Uh, this guy, no, this is a lizard. Lizard, lizard dude? Okay. Yeah, lizard dude. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Art's great, yeah. So it's very easy to tell who's who, what's what, what group of monsters is what, because they're color-coded there. And I'm really only making a few custom ones. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the numbered ones that I already have, and I'll keep reusing over and over and over again until the, you know, until I get sick of playing D and D. That's been fifteen or ten years. Oh right. no, your whole, your your whole life, really, right? And then I have other things, you know, like Costco milk gallon lids make great large size creatures. Oh, look at that, yeah. Yeah, so you know these guys are, you know, perfect two square width. Right. Right. I have some of the wizard yeah. ones, you know. I have my. Magnetic ones, Alea tools, these things. Yep. I bought these in the early 4E days. Right. John Con, I picked up little knickknacks. So I, I've used all sorts of things to represent characters. I, I also, you know, it's not like I don't have minis. I have a ton of minis. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a pretty large yep. mini connection collection yep. as well. So, you know, I. So when you're. Tokens, have you been running Tomb of Annihilation? Oh, yeah, yeah. I run a, a home game here. I. Uh, and, and, and do you have you been using those tokens at the game, or do you find you diving back into your your mini collection when no, you? No, no, I have to use those. I have to use those tokens because of the. I, look, I lay out all my minis, right? Right. I, I went through the exercise of going through all the, all the random encounters yeah. for the hex crawl. Yeah. And I separated all the encounters into little bags, because mm -hmm. you know they're numbered and you can keep keep them orderly, right? So, sure. Yeah. 
and I put them all in little bags and I had them all. But but I found that when the time came to really set up the combat, it was taking me too much time to dig through the bags and find the proper encounter and set up them. It was just too time consuming. Mm-hmm. And it was breaking the flow of the, you know, right. people at the table yep. waiting for me to yep. dig through them. So I just said, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to go with the tokens. And I've, I've been using tokens mostly. So the the token, when you said screw it and I'm going to go to the tokens, you're talking about the ones you are just showing us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so going and hunting down the right miniatures was what took too long? Going through the bags of encounters and all that. It was just... Gotcha. Like, okay. Okay. Um yeah, and what I what I really liked about that is, of course, the, the 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 price and the flexibility, right? You could have twenty five skeletons if you wanted, without having to five twenty five find you know twenty five skeleton minis. And in in your case, you really don't have to print one, right? That's you it. get the, the one skeleton, and then you got your numbered your numbered bag with the with the other ones. That's it. Um, yeah, that's really and so so one of the and you you actually print out the images on paper and then glue them on or something like that? I do. So I print them out on, on I usually print them out on um, photo paper. Yeah. Uh, if, if I don't have that, I'll use cardstock. Right. And then I have a little uh, hole punch. That yeah. I use to it. It's a so one like inch. A one inch hole punch. Yeah, yeah, it's a one inch hole punch that you right. just slide the paper in. Yeah. You know, you just slide the paper in so the token. Right. Goes, and you punch it right through. And it, right. What did you just ruin? Is that your... Uh, is that your taxes? What did you just put yeah, the hole? Yeah, this is my my 401k. <laughs> yeah, right, good job. <laughs> but you end up with a perfectly round right. image, and you slap it on a on a washer, and you're done. So one of the things I had seen, I you know, I've, I've been I've been thinking about. I haven't done any of this myself, but um, I was I was kind of inspired by what you did, and uh, it would seem that like a color printer, they have this adhesive paper, right? You can buy sheets of paper that's already yes. pre-adhesive. And you could print them all out on that and punch them out and then just peel them right off. Have you ever? So I've never used that. Like that. Yeah, I was I, wasn't, I don't know if it works at all, but it's. But, but like, I will. But I will share this with you though. These these. Best. I'll share this. These uh, alphabet discs. Yeah. The the back of it was adhesive. They had a little thing, a paper you peel off, and it was a sticky because these oh, really? were meant to be. Yeah. So I so did the, that. So the, so the tokens were adhesive. They were. Yeah. You could just peel it off and then stick on your piece of paper, and you were done. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 So this is, you know, this is kind of the um, the curse of of miniatures, which is you never have enough of the ones you need, right? That like I've got probably on the order of two thousand miniatures, right? I've been like, I, you know, I've been lucky, like like you know, we were talking about that. I got into starting to collect miniatures when plastic was cheap and oil was cheap, and and China was hammering these things out as much as they could make, and the prices were great. And the secondary market, it was not uncommon to buy cheap, like common level minis for like 20 cents a piece. And, you know, some of the websites, if you ordered more than like 100 bucks and it wasn't hard to fill up a bag full of 100 minis that you want or, you know, whatever, in that case, lots of minis. And you got free shipping. So, you know, I bought tons of this stuff and I look back and it's like I have. 14 of the gray cloaked cultists from the first harbinger set you know and i don't know what they're worth now i don't think they're worth terribly much but no one's gonna buy 14 of them you can't even find 14 of them you know but i bought as many as i could and it's still not you know i probably am good on cultists but generally like it's always like i'm one troll short of whatever the encounter was so having that flexible option to be able to make more you know is really or 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 to scale out even if you don't know you're gonna have uh, need more, I think is a really powerful idea. And 
uh, you know, and it's 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 a good way. You know, it, I think we often think about like how would you recommend it to new people today? There's so many new people coming into D and D, right? What do you what do we tell them? So what would you what would you tell people to do if you if you have a new DM that's coming in and like, hey, what do I do about tokens and miniatures? I see people have them. I see these beautiful things on Twitter. What should I do? What, what what's your what's your answer to that? So, I, my answer would be. My, my sarcastic answer would be, you should tell wizards to include tokens in the starter box. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my sarcastic answer. My, my, my real answer would be, well, you know, don't worry too much about what your figures look like on the table. Really right. concentrate on running a good game. And whether your monsters look like nickels or whether they look like M&Ms, don't really give that too much thought. Worry really about the story and about the characters and about the way you run your table. If you're really, if your characters are, if your players are really hung up on representation, then you could start looking into minis or, or go visit my website and learn how to make your own tokens. That tutorial's fairly easy. There's an even easier way to do it now, and I gotta update the, the tutorial a bit because there's a website now that'll actually let you make your own tokens on the website directly. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, you have um, to send that along. We'll stick it in. I, I will, I will. So that's what I would tell people. I would say, look, if you if you if your players none of, if nobody really cares about having an exact monster on the table, and that sort of immersion isn't important, then you know don't kill yourself if you don't have the, the don't don't kill yourself over not having the the the, the right mini or the right token or whatever. I, I mean you know I'm using Costco milk cartons. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <So, laughs> took you took you fifteen years of evolution playing here's a, here's a goblin on on a, on a wolf. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Warg riders. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I, 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 I've been running uh, Tomb of Annihilation as well in my in my Sunday group, and uh, I, I actually have taken to drawing a picture of the monster, particularly when it's one monster, just drawing them right on the battle mat. Like I just take the same marker that I use to draw terrain, and I draw a little circle, and I'm like, that's that's a you know these are a, a goblin. This is a Batari. This is a Batari war stack right here. You're getting lazier and lazier. I know, and I'm like, I'm too late. I, so, so I'll, you know, I gotta, I gotta plug it because I do think it's one of my favorite uh, uh, kind of evolutions in minis, and I'll, I'll pull it out right here. And that's uh, uh, flat plastic minis by Arc Knight Games. Have you, have you had a chance? Did you, did you see these? You were over at my, my place not too long ago. I did I think, see them. I think you got a chance to see them there. And so, he, I think they're awesome. Yeah. So, so this is like you know, 150 minis in this in this package this is a um business card holder right and you can fit a whole ton i separated them out by like uh you know male humanoids and female humanoids and monsters and undead and wolf things and you know bigger monsters and you know whatever those that resemble flies from a great distance uh and you know each each one of them is this super you know i mean it's you know wafer thin right but it has this really nice art on it and and I like these a lot because and it seemed like this was as close as I could come. So so in 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 full disclosure, I worked on a set with them uh, that they refer to as Sly Flourish's curated flat plastic miniatures. It's a great name, and um, I do get a cut when they sell a, a version of them. And but what I did is I, I I worked with all of the art that they had and tried to pick out the art that I thought would fit the most common and most versatile. Uh, pieces that they had, so they could sell it in a set. And I, I don't remember what the set goes for now. 
before oh, I, I, I do because I've tried looking for it on Amazon and they don't have it on Amazon yet. He's got yeah. a bunch of other sets, but the Sly Flourish curated set is not, not on Amazon. Yet. Right. Uh, so it's 80 bucks now. It was on sale before, not to not to ruin everybody's you know happy night, but um, it was cheaper. <laughs> I think it was 60 bucks before. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry. I hope you got in on it early. And, uh, you know, it's, how many, 167 minis, you know, including bigs, you know, smalls and larges. All the dragons are there and then all the bases. And what I like is, like, this, I just take this to my, you know, I take this to my game. You know, it's super easy to throw it in. It's got all the minis in it. But anyway, my point is that I've, I'm even too lazy to pull that out, right? That, like, I don't have time to pull out 10 goblins. I'm just going to draw dots on a map and say these are goblins and then when they move i erase it and i draw it in a new position and i'm right back to where i was 25 years ago playing in college where i used to draw things out on a piece of paper i have another i have another idea for you yeah. or another um and pardon me check this out so you know these binder clips yeah uh, office supply binder clips yeah. sure. so the really small ones yeah, you can use as a medium-sized mini basis. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you make your own paper minis, and yeah. These little goblins I have. Yeah. Right. Right. You make your own paper minis. You could use these binder clips, and right. they sort of stand up straight. Let's see if I could do it here. They sort of stand up, and you could use them on your. On your. Yeah. Game. There's a so there's a site I've seen them posted about a lot on Twitter. Um, that specialize in in you being able to buy digital versions of that. Yeah, art. they're really cool. They're really like paper. I forget what they call them. Yeah. Um. There's a paper. There's a. There's a few different guys that are doing it. Different, yeah. different artists. Few, um, yeah. But that seems like a really good approach. I mean, it's not a good one for me because I'm a color printer, <laughs> and and you know ink is ink could get expensive too if you're printing a lot of them. So, so when you make tokens, and here's here's what I used to do in my tokens to keep them organized. Yeah. I went on eBay and I bought coin collector tubes. Yeah, right. And these right. coin collector tubes, they look like pill bottles almost. Yeah. The tokens fit perfectly in them. Yeah. And you could keep a stack. And then what I would do is I would label them with, you know, undead. Or yeah, whatever. right. Yep, yep. And yep. sort of store my tokens this way. Great. So it, it, not everything has to be a mess. Yeah, right. I mean, that was the same way. Like the idea that in this one envelope I can store my big pile of flat plastic minis, you know, worked out worked out really well. Some um, guy put some guy put in the comments a uh, short manian four four four. These guys are like the MacGyvers of minis. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the point, right? Like I think everybody has to turn into the MacGyver minis because there isn't a good solution, right? There's not one. I, I haven't found one good. Like the fact that we're still evolving. Right? How long have we been playing D and D, and we're still figuring out freaking miniatures? That's why I wanted to have the show, right? Like, what do we do? I mean, because the other one is I haven't even talked about the, you know, my my my, you know, great, you know, my 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 horrifying collection of unpainted Reaper minis that I bought. Right? Like, I've backed every Kickstarter they have because they're such a fantastic deal. And then I get them and I put them in Ziploc bags with the old ones that I haven't painted either. Look at all these bags I have. Like, right. like I'm, and I love I'm, them. Like I'm, you know, it's a great deal, and, and so I'm trying everything. Like, so here's another one, and I know this is a very popular choice, and it, it comes up very often uh, whenever I bring this topic up, and that's the uh, Pathfinder. Yeah, look at that. Oh, I so made, I made these, these myself. Yeah, those are, you get those on Amazon? No, so yeah, so these are my kids' toys, and I bought some on Amazon, and I glued a piece of cardboard right. under it, and <laughs> I actually said what name kind of monster. Or what kind yeah. of monster. I got to do that. I've got a bunch yeah. upstairs. I keep forgetting to bring my game. 
Um, so uh, a very popular choice is uh, Pathfinder Pathfinder pawns. Have you have you ever spent any time with these? I've seen them in the store, but I haven't. Yeah, it's so really. I mean, it's really what I do with the tokens is more or less the same thing. Pretty much, yeah. These 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 like this is for somebody who doesn't want to bother to have to print and and punch. Yeah. And um, they, 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 so they have a whole variety of different sets. And the thing that steered me away from it is that, is that they almost were invariably out of print. So, you know, they weren't a bad deal when they were available. They were like 40 bucks for like every monster that is in their, their creature, the Pathfinder creature catalog, which is pretty close to everything that you'd need in a D&D game too, right? It's, it's almost the same. And it had multiples for skeletons and kobolds and goblins and everything else. And then most of like the big monsters that only had one. And it was this huge box. It's like this two and a half inch box full of cardboard, just like the old Monster Vault boxes. Remember those things were these big bricks. Hey, I bought those. That's yeah. where these guys come from. Um, so I just checked tonight, and tonight it is available on Amazon again for like 38 bucks, and it's like 320 miniatures, you know, wow. and base. And I'm like, wow, okay. You know, and I told my wife, I'm like, I think I'm going to buy that. And she's like, what the hell are you buying that for? You got 2,000 minis. You got the flat, every flat plastic miniature that they've ever put out, multiple copies of that. You've got boxes of Reaper minis upstairs. Well, and Mike, now you're going to buy I've been to your house. She's right. Yeah, she's correct. And I'm still probably going to buy it. Yeah. Mostly to help others. Right. I do it. I do it out of love. Right. To, 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 so I have experience with these and I can mention, but I've played a lot with pawns as well. In fact, the, uh, the Pathfinder starter set um, included a bunch, like a, a base level of monsters and heroes. And it was a really good deal. I mean, if you're wizards, if you're wizards of the coast, why aren't you including a sheet of monster tokens for the starter well, set? I'll argue, I'll argue with you a little bit about that. And that's um, so I, I, I actually am writing uh, an article for D&D Beyond about how to get started in D&D. And my recommendation is not just like you, you kind of brought up before. It, it, it's not bad to start the same way we started back in second edition. Right. Like fifth edition. And this is an arguable point, And, and I've, I've heard many of the arguments about it. I think you and I have had this argument. I know where this is going. Right. That fifth edition doesn't expect a grid and miniatures uh, because and, and, and my argument for it is they used to use squares and now they went back to feet. Now, granted, everything is in five foot increments. I get it, you know. But to me, if I were, if I, you know, as, as I recommend a new DMs, the, the idea is like, there's enough going, and, and you said it, right? Like, don't worry about what you're putting down on the table. Worry about the story. Worry about the characters. Worry about, you know, as, as, you know, as, as you say, you know, we should really be thinking big about our campaign world and building out the gods for the last 50,000 years and the histories and not worrying about what well, I'm, I'm kidding, right? So, so, run the people. so you're a young man. Are any... <laughs> Are any of the new these new uh, new streams that kids are into these days? Are yeah. any of these guys streaming? Are any of these two, uh, guys or ladies streaming theater of the mind games? Yep. Yeah. So one of the other guests of our show was uh, Will Jones, who runs the Encounter Roleplay uh, Twitch channel. He's okay. you know he's half our age, and he's making a full time living running D anD D forty hours a week. He's ten years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish. <laughs> so, um, and I actually, I just emailed him, uh, I think, I, yeah, he and I have been emailing back and forth talking about the streaming and the explosion in streams, com our conversation that you and I had, the lost conversation that you and I had on, on Twitch that, that this is now gone in the ether. And uh, he is exclusively theater of the mind. So he, he said, he, and his reason is, I don't have time. <laughs> like, I'm running 40 hours of D&D. &D. 
I don't have time to figure out maps and minis. And, you know, it does very well. Um, now, like Matt Mercer on Critical Role uses uh, pretty detailed encounter setups with little trees and 3D terrain, Dwarven Forge level stuff. Um, but if you listen to their game, they're, they're not very typical on like counting squares out or saying, you know, my fireball is just out of range from being able to hit this. They, they speak very narratively about how combat is going. But one could argue that they are at least 50-50 uh, narrative and um, uh, uh, tactical. Um, 50, per, at least being, they might be more tactical with minis than they are narrative. I'm still, I'm only just watching their second season. I didn't, I don't have, but I know that's back and forth. And I think I have, so I haven't done any kind of, you know, you know me, I'd like to do a big survey and ask. But I believe that uh, theater of the mind is pretty common in, in streaming games. Okay. Um, now, the alternative is Roll20. And I know you're a big Roll20 user right you've used real 20 i i got to glimpse in fact you and i in our conversation hung out in your star wars universe for a little while it yeah. just blew me away just lo loading it up and having the star wars theme music play i was like that you know and then i had to kill it yeah. then i had to kill it because i was on twitch and somebody was gonna flag me for <laughs> copyright I, yeah ip violation um so that's a whole other thing and and you know miniatures in virtual tabletops is a whole different thing and I don't think nearly as big a problem. Would you would you agree with that? So uh, I'll I'll tell you my my method. Yeah. Not since you asked. Yeah. Tell me your um, method. So I use the same method for digital minis as I do for paper uh, tokens. Huh? I go to the same website and I create tokens using. Uh, it's called Roll Advantage is the website. Hmm. And is that and is that the site you're talking about that makes the site it? I'm talking about. Yeah. So you you basically drag a picture into the token maker. And it spits out a token. You could select the border, you could select the color, you could select whatever. And I and then you save it onto your computer. So I use that to import it into Roll20 as a token. And I also use it to paste it into Photoshop as a token. And I print it out and I have a digital copy and I have a paper copy, a hard copy. Yeah, and, it, and it, that's so, so you can do both, right? You have it both in Roll20 and, and in I do both. Physical. Because yeah. When I was setting up my Tomb of Annihilation game, I made some tokens for my home game there, and I made the same version for my digital Tomb of Anna, uh, my Roll20 Tomb game. Right. The same one. Yeah, now the one huge difference is you can have 500 skeleton tokens in right. VTT, and it costs you no extra effort at all. Well, it's Control-V and Control-P. Right? <laughs> right. Control-C, Control-V. Control-C, Control-V. So, um, yeah, and the, and the other, I know that's an option on Roll20, is you can buy the monster manual you can. I did. They, yeah, and and it gives you all of the to you know it it it. I mean, it's full price or it's full retail price. It is. Uh, I think it's fifty bucks. But for that fifty bucks, not only do you get all the material that you'd have in the monster manual anyway, but you also get the ability to see the stat block directly on the icon, and you get tokens for every single one of them. And then again, if you want twenty five skeletons, you can just control control C control V, and you've got as many skeletons as you want. So that's it, it's like you know. There isn't any physical parallel to that, right? Like I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say like, oh man, I need three stone giants and I have two, you know. <laughs> like I mean, I've, I've seen people, I've seen people run games at home for their home group using for their home group using Roll Twenty. Yeah, so that's that's you know, if people have uh, the ability to, you know, they have big TV in the area that they're playing, or they, you know, if, if they go all out and have the big TV that's sitting on the table with like yeah. a plexiglass thing over the top. 
Um, that that seems like it could be a very powerful. Which I think is a really cool setup and a really cool yeah. way to play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never I've never actually played that way, and uh, and I'd really love to. But yeah, you 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 your your point about the the challenge of hunting down the right minis, like even going and finding the encounter bag, uh, and how it breaks the flow of the game. Is I think of you know when the more I think about the story focus of D and D, the evolution of the story focus of D and D, that to me is becoming feels to me like a bigger uh, a bigger gap than I th I believe I used to think about it. Right. That. So have you played Shadow the Demon Lord? Yes, I have. I actually played Shadow the Demon Lord with the the Rob Schwab the Demon Lord. Himself. Oh, did you at Wonder yeah, Fantasy or Fantasy and and other okay. places. Thank you very Great. much. So yeah. you so you're familiar with the way combat works, where yeah. you don't really roll initiative. Fast, slow. Yep. You sort of ease into the fight through the narration, basically. Yeah. Right. Can yeah. you imagine having to pause that to go digging through right. a bag of? No. Yeah, and that's and and nor you know same with Numenera. Uh, you know when I when I run Numenera games in the rare the rare times when I do, I love Numenera, but I just don't you know. I'm busy, and I, I wish I could play more Numenera. I always like to think that in an alternate universe, I'm playing a lot of Numenera. Um, and Fate, also. Um, and 13th Age, to a point, and uh, Dungeon World, certainly, are all that sort of narrative-driven thing where there's no break between interaction and uh, you know, NPC interaction and ex exploration and role-playing and combat. You know, it's all, all the scenes flow together, which can actually... One th one thing I have found playing those games is I kind of need the break sometimes because like nonstop inspiration, you know, in improvisational storytelling is really hard for four hours. And that time digging through a bag looking for a mini, sometimes I need that time. <laughs> I need a break. Yeah, you know. And the ones where combat happens real fast, it's like I need times between turns. Like it, <laughs> combat actually kind of gives me a little bit of a reprieve while somebody has to look up their spells. I go, oh, thank God, splash, splash water all over myself, right? <laughs> you know, I'll take a break. Go make a cocoa. I've done that. I'm like, go, it's your turn. I'll go make a cocoa. Um, but so what I'm finding is the more I think about sort of the narrative focus of D&D, &D, the, the, the harder it is, like I said, even for me to go grab my flat plastic minis and bring them out. And that's why I've started like drawing right on the mat. And, and the other part which is what you say, they're like, I don't know what the hell battle we're going to fight. I don't know if it's going to be a battle, right? Like, they could end up talking their way through situations. And I've got my bag of minis in one hand and my, you know, Dwarven Forge set up all over the table, and they're having conversations, you know? So how do I stay fluid and flexible? It's because I don't know what kind of scene it's going to be. And, you know, that's why, you know, th that idea of, of narrative combat is, is so much more compelling for me these days. Because I'm still going to have set piece battles. I, I know when they're going to go and face Imrith at the end of Storm, you know, Storm King's Thunder. I better get my blue dragon miniature that I have downstairs, and I better build a really cool setup because this is the culmination of the game, right? This is what it's all about. But like if they're having, you know, I don't know with those goblins, they might not even see them, you know. And <laughs> uh, why don't we jump to questions from the audience? I think it's a good point. Uh, we always uh, have our guardian angel, Alex Basso, who just just helped us out with our technical difficulties. Uh, Alex, what questions do we have from Twitch and from Twitter tonight? Sure. So we got... Thank you, first off, everyone, for asking questions. And uh, thank you. Quick shout-out to GamePawn. Thank you for subscribing uh, to our Twitch channel. Uh, first question I'm going to ask from Twitter comes from the idDM. 
What's, ah, our friends Michael Mellon. What's the best way to store, organize, and access all this stuff? That's a very good question. Enrique, how do you store and access your... So I keep tokens and coin tubes. Right. I keep minis and Ziplocs. Uh-huh. And I use my... My Tomb of Annihilation dice box. Right. To keep my special numbered tokens with the rings Excellent. that I was describing earlier. Yeah. I might have to just, I think I'm going to have to do that. You've inspired can, me. I got to do I, that. I, I keep these uh, specifically for uh, the Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. So, for example, here's my uh, Chewinga with a black border around it. Yeah. In case I ever want to have five uh, Chewingas, yeah. I. So that's how I do it. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, so I, I primarily have uh, plastic three-dimensional minis. Um, I mean, I just showed my flat plastic minis, so I won't go over that again. Uh, and I bought these. Like Target had these drawers that had lids that would come down on them. And there's like seven or I think maybe nine drawers per thing. And my 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 wonderful wife lets me keep them in the dining room. And I've labeled each of them for different miniature types. And I uh, kept the categories to categories that <laughs> made sense to me and fit the amount of minis that I have. So I have like a male heroes and female heroes, and I have undead, and I have large monsters, large bipeds, and normal biped monsters, and good humanoids and bad humanoids, um, which is incredibly, those, those ones are incredibly racist. And the, um, but then I, I started expanding out to more large bipeds. And then my friends will be like, so which is it? My, you know, large bipeds or more large bipeds? And I, of course, I'm like, the more is the one that has the earth elementals in it. The regular is just ogres. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, you know, that like how to store these things is, is, is another challenge because like those target ones, I remember somebody saying like, oh, these target, you know, these target cabinets are really, really great. And then, like, they were gone, and you can't buy them anymore. <laughs> I'm like, luckily, I bought three, and I know they've lasted me for 15 years or 10 years. So, yeah, it's it's another trick. Um, Alex, what other questions do you have? Okay, one from Twitch chat from Shortman Ian. Uh, do you think 3D printing will reach the point that you can basically print tokens and minis on demand? It's a really good question. Enrique, have you ever spent any time with 3D printing? So, or? I have not, but I follow a guy on Twitter. Yeah. I follow has, I follow a guy on Twitter who has printed out a 3D printed out and he's modeled his, himself yeah. every monster in the monster manual on Bolo's guide to monsters. I've seen that. Yeah, and they're incredible. And they are beautiful minis. Yeah. And yeah. he models them himself in the I think he uses Blender, it's a modeling right. program. Yeah. And he prints them out. Yeah. And they are amazing. And then I saw a guy in the Facebook group the other day. He made himself a beholder mini with a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. The beholder had a top hat and a monocle, and he was drinking tea. <laughs> With what? Telekinesis? I don't. I don't, I don't know if it was one of his eye stalks. One of its eye stalks is holding the tea. Yeah, like, something I'm like gonna that. hold tea with my eyeball. And I'm like, yeah. I really want that mini, and, and I offered to buy it off him for twenty five bucks, and he never got back to me. Yeah, um, there's a website. So I, I asked around, like, where can I get a really good demogorgon? I have, you know, like, so one of my favorite minis I keep on my desk. This is my Orcus mini. Uh, the full-sized, you know, awesome Orcus mini, and I never every opportunity I have to drop him on the table, he goes on the table. And I'd love to have a demo Gorgon, 
mini like that. You know, I'd love to have all the demon princes. I have a Grisat because, you know, he's a little fella. Um, but it'd be, I, I wanted a Demogorgon and they had a 3D printed Demogorgon, but it was still like 65 bucks for an unpainted Demogorgon mini. And so I don't know that the price you know, has, has hit the, the price to 3d print minis. I don't think has hit that, that good point yet. I have this dream that like, you, you know, you pulling out the tin where I have like all my minis that I used last week and I dump them at the top of this thing and it melts them all down and then prints out whatever minis I need next. And then I could just have recyclable minis. I have to admit, I, I did buy myself a printed mini, but it wasn't for D and D. One of my favorite ships in Star Wars is this Millennium Falcon-like ship that has the cockpit in the middle instead of on the side. And some guy made a, a 3D printed version of that for um, the X-Wing game. So I bought a copy of that and I painted it myself and I have my own because when I play the Star Wars RPG at home, I always have my pilot use that yeah, ship. That's awesome. So I bought myself a copy of the it's a YT nineteen hundred, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, like you're like you're pretending you don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be too much the Star Wars nerd. Um, I'm not that big of a nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other one is Hero Forge. Like, there's a website called Hero Forge. I've never tried it myself, but I've seen people use it, and friends of mine have used it for their for their minis, where you can go in and design your own hero mini, and they'll print it out, and you get to pick the material you know, that it's printed yeah. out on. You can get metal. Um, a friend of mine made her character in, I don't know what kind of metal, but, you know, I'm not sure what it was. And they're beautiful. Uh, they're also expensive. They're and, very expensive. Yeah. Depending on, I mean, which might not be, if you're like, you know, I don't know, if you're playing a two-year campaign and you don't think you're going to get killed in the first, you know, three levels, it might be worth going ahead and, you know, making a nice, <laughs> that's if you're going to die. But, you know, I, I could see like sort of immortalizing a character that I really loved with a really nice mini. Um, and then there's, you can also get the printed on in plastic, but I, I think they've been more brittle. And I've seen a lot of them that broke where like if you build a weapon out, the, the weapon breaks off. And that's, you know, I don't have that problem with the PVC based minis that I'm getting from uh, Reaper Bones. And the other thing with Reaper Bones is you can paint them whatever you want to paint them. So, you know, if I need a dwarf fighter, I don't need to go model a dwarf fighter. I've got th like 30 different dwarf fighters that already are made, and I'll just do the color scheme myself. I mean, at this point, Mike, what mini don't you have? I'm, well, you know, Demogorgon <laughs> and, that, and that fourth troll that I need, you know, for that one fight. That's the problem. I always need something. And I'm still buying them. I'm still waiting. Like, for do you ever find yourself about to set up an encounter and you're like, no, and you're missing... Oh yeah. yeah, every every freaking week. Wow. Yeah, I mean not all the time, but many times. It's always I'm always missing that one. You know, I've got so you every, have a lot of minis. I, I mean, I've seen your collection. I, know. You have, I have a ton. Minis. Yeah, and the, the great ones is like you know the mini that I use the most is the stupid crossbow guy. You know, <laughs> like the bandit crossbow dude. I he was like the first. He's a harbinger mini, and I've got four of them, and I know that I have four because I always pull those guys out. Because, you know, my guys are always fighting crossbow. Is that the guy that's kneeling with the No, with the he's got like a bucket helm and he's just standing there with a crossbow. Uh, <laughs> like, boring mini, but I use the, that and the gold, the cultists, right? I have he's like seven I have like seven copies of the guy that's kneeling right. with the bow. He's like wearing green. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've got that dude. I hate that. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, that's, that's kind of how I feel about the crossbow bolt guy. But what else am I going to use? Like, it's a dude with a crossbow. That's exactly what I need. Um... 
Alex, what else you got? Okay, uh, we got another one from Twitter from at Mike Bean. As someone who enjoys painting minis but has zero talent at said painting, what resource would you recommend for an untalented beginner? That's a good question. Uh, Reaper sells a learn to paint kit. They do, yeah. yeah and, I, and I bought that. YouTube, YouTube can be your friend too. Uh, there's a lot of really good. I'm trying to remember the name of it. The Paint Doctor, something like that. There's, 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 there's one that's like the miniature painting doctor, and he's got like a whole series of videos. And I had never painted a mini before until about three years ago when I got those Reaper ones. And now I actually really enjoy when I when I can squeeze in the time. I really enjoy finding a nice D and D podcast or watching a stream and sitting and painting a mini while I'm watching it. And I find that incredibly relaxing. Uh, I'm terrible at it. Like the the minis that I put out are, are certainly I'll never do an eyeball. You know, I, I have sworn off trying to draw eyes. I don't care how big they make the eye on the mini. I'm not drawing an eye on it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not quite as hard as you think. And there's a couple of techniques like washing and dry brushing that you know I have found to make make minis that look like complete crap all of a sudden look really good. And all you're doing is like putting some black ink on it. And then I've done like. Uh... Dry brush. Like digital. I've done like digital painting on my yeah. tokens. Yeah. As is, I use Photoshop and I use, I, I play, I have a drawing tablet right. on my desk. Right. So, like, maybe I'll give like a like a token an eye patch or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'll customize it with a, with a scar, <laughs> some stupid thing like that to, to sort of make it a little unique or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't painted a whole lot in. I don't uh, paint a lot of minis, to be honest yeah. with you. So that's I'm not that's, really yeah. into that. And yeah, so and I, I do not to not to well, what the hell? I've been plugging crap all the time. That's all I do. Uh, on Sly Flourish, I have a guide to painting minis that has a bunch of links for for places to 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 see more, and I'll I'll stick that in the in the show notes. I I say that I don't even know what we have show notes, but I'll put it somewhere. One can find it. Go Google Sly Flourish uh, miniature painting, and you'll find it. Uh, Alex, what else you got? Okay, one from Twitch from Alpha Stream. Uh, hey, Deus. What do you guys recommend for huge and gargantuan minis? Also, what about terrain bits, chests, pillars, bridges? Uh, Enrique, what do you do for uh, particularly for your hole punch? Do you, do you have to cut them out by hand? How do you handle large and huge and gargantuans? Do you have a big ass token like a coffee can lid? I, I have used big ass tokens, as you call them. Um, <laughs> I usually cut out cardboard squares. Right. Um, I, I say we, we shop at Costco a lot, so I save a lot of boxes and I use all that excess cardboard um, for bases for like the dinosaurs and, you know, like this type of stuff that I showed you that I made. Right. So I'll make, uh, I'll try to make bases or, or three by threes or four by fours. Right. Whatever. Um, right. I don't know. I sort of play with what I got, you know. Sure. Yeah. I improvise a lot. I, I'm, I'm not a stickler for, I don't know. If I have it, I'll try it. I, I have some tokens that are scenery tokens. Yeah. Or I'll just draw it on the mat. Mm -hmm. You know, I, mm -hmm. I scribble. Here's a table. Yeah, I, I have I, I one of my one of my miniature boxes is called accessories, and then another one is called Sly Flourish's Fantastic Floors, and um, it just has floor pieces like arcane runes and. Uh, lava pits and other things that I have picked up from various places. Uh, Arc Knight, um, and and I'm not getting any money for this, so it's not a and not a plug. Well, it's a plug for them. Uh, Arc Knight actually has a whole scenery uh, thing that you can pick up and then cut out, 
And that's a really nice one, too. It has, like, little caravans, and it's got trees and stuff like that. I think there's also a Kickstarter going on for, for scenery. You know, I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You know where I've spent a lot of time at the pet shop going through yeah. the aquarium, the right. aquarium aisle? Yep, yep, yep. You find all sorts of cool yep. stuff at the aquarium aisle. Yeah, the other... Like the, hit, skulls hit and... Yeah. yeah. A lot of pulpy yeah. stuff like skulls and bridges and old ruins, yeah, old ruins and, and things that people use for their fish tanks. I've never done it, but I've heard lots of people that yeah. go in and rate. And it's kind and of and, and the, the scale is kind of more it's or less. It's good <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and I've, I've picked up, you know, again, it's one of these where, like, over the years, you just sort of pick up collections, and I picked up, like, used, there was, like, Mage Knight used to have these, like, scenery things, and I bought those for pillars, and, of course, Dwarven Forge is the go-to for all 3D terrain kind of stuff, and so they have lots of little accessories, and I find that those little accessories can make a big difference, like, mm -hmm. the, the little details, Al, you know, Alpha Stream, of course, you know, pretending like he doesn't know about all this stuff, uh, posted a really nice, I think he had, um, the bazaar of Port Nyanzaru in 3D terrain. And he took these pictures and it's like, it's got tiny little chickens, like like cooked chickens out on tables and little, and I'm like, my God, you know? <laughs> and then he said that nobody showed up. He had to cancel the game. So that's and they were actually, they were edible. Yeah, right. Tiny little edible chickens, right? Carved out of peas. I don't know. But um, yeah, those little accessories can be really great. And then the other thing is, uh, um, uh, Wizards of the Coast has put uh, dungeon tiles back out again. Uh, they they have the new dungeon tile master sets, and that has two D two D terrain elements that you can that you can drop on a table. I, I'm really honestly, I, I'm not joking around. I'm surprised they haven't put out a, a pack like dungeon tiles, but of tokens. I'm sure they have all those monster tokens lying around. For yeah, I know they've got. It would take nothing to. I'm it would just, take nothing. You know, they've got all those all the art. I wonder if it's an art thing because it's all the old art from 4E, and I think they so probably get saying, "I know, like we probably wouldn't care," you know. But I wonder if that's that might be it. If you're if you're new to 5E, if you're new to D and D, do you know it's old art? You don't. No. <laughs> I know. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> like that's the only thing. I'd be like, man, well, they they had sort of a you know a, a creative vision of what monsters look like in 5E that's different from how they looked in 4E, and you and I wouldn't give a shit, but other people were like, "Oh, I don't know these bugbears, man." Yeah. Bugbears, they're different. I mean, like I have like seven different kinds of orcs that don't even look like they're the same species. I think you're leaving. I think you're leaving money on the table. I'm sure that I think they are too. I, I think it would take nothing at all for them to put those token packs out, and I think people would buy them. And I think they're far more useful than the dungeon tiles. I'm not a big fan of dungeon tiles. Maybe I'll talk to them, see if I can get a newbie DM created. <laughs> yeah, go for it, man. Like, <laughs> that'd be some good bank. Make sure you get percentage. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Don't 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 walk away with this name. Reincarnated monster tokens from <laughs> Wizards go. of the Coast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Alex, what other questions you got? Okay, I got one from Johnny Utah 99 in Twitch. Uh, what is your favorite mini? What is the jewel of your collection? Man. Enrique, what do you got? What's your favorite one? I have a Strahd mini that's really cool. Really? Came out with uh, when. Um, Curse of Strahd came out. Yeah. And I have the Acerac Mini from... Oh, do you? The new one with the big hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole bunch of liches. So I, like, I don't really don't need another... I know I know the big hat's a big icon. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure my players aren't going to care. I'm a sucker for but dwarves. When I hit it with a meteor swarm, they're not going to be thinking about that hat. I'm a sucker for dwarves. And I have this mini. It's a, it's a, I think he's a dwarf warlock with a white beard. Yeah. And it's one of the plastic... 
Wizards ones. It's really cool. Yeah, it might be that one. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I already talked. I guess from his favorite minis go, I've already, I've already shown off my, my, my ultimate favorite of Orcus. I've always loved Orcus. Orcus was like the first monster that got my attention in the old monster manual. Yeah, he just felt forbidden just reading his stat block. Um, and uh, I have my gargantuan. Oh, hang on, I gotta go. Yeah, there's a good one. I got that one. The Broodmother, right? No, isn't it? No, Beholder, the Ultimate Tyrant. Oh yeah, it's huge though, right? It's a great big beholder. Yeah, it's big. Hang on, I'm gonna go up and get my one of my other favorites. We'll be right back, everybody. Stand by. Technical difficulties. Do do You remember this guy? I never had that. That's that's a beautiful thing. Hang on, I gotta get my headset on. So this one, when I first got it, I had to put it next to my shepherd so that it had scale. That's a beautiful miniature. Yeah, it's huge. I took the fiery breath off of him because it looked kind of tacky. Um, but it's not very its not very common when you drop the... I'll be right back. The colossal red. I'll be right back. Give me a second. Now you get to sing to the people in the audience. Yeah, I will. Sorry. I got my, my black. I actually have all of the dragons in huge sizes. Uh, which I like very much, and I pull out. I have the blue. The blue sits upstairs with me, mostly because of Imrith from uh, 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 Imrith from Storm King's Thunder. There you go. That's a mini. You gotta put that. You gotta get that near. Here's what, one of my favorites. What are the D and D stats for that guy? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, this guy's cool. My son took him from me and <laughs> yeah. broke off one of the lasers. Oh, no. I love that guy. So then I've got to go with Crossbow Man. You know, by use, he is my favorite mini. <laughs> kneeling Crossbow Elf. Kneeling, kneeling Bow Guy, right? I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks wow. like a cheap Robin Hood. All right. Alex, what other what other questions you got? Okay, on Twitter, uh, at Joe G. Kushner wants to know, uh, should costs be distributed among the group? Oh, like to buy minis? Yeah, buying. Should that, I don't know, should, should such a hard question. I mean, Enrique, what do you think? Should, did, does your group uh, ever chip in money for any of the minis? No, they bring me beer. Yeah, that works. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never, never I've never asked either. Right, right. Like I've I've gotten an occasional gift, but like you know, I'm into this hobby, and I don't I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind spending money. Right. I don't I don't mind I don't mind uh, uh, getting involved. So they they uh, have certainly brought their own character minis and stuff like that. But you know, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it could be for for groups where you know they're not professionals and. You know, it could be hard to scrape up a few bucks for for whatever. I don't I don't know that it's out of hand to have the conversation about it, uh, but it's not something I've ever done. Uh, do we have any other questions? Sure, we got one more from Johnny Utah in Twitch. Uh, what's sure. the absolute cheapest thing you ever ended up using as a mini? Plastic army men? I think you can go cheaper than that. Enrique, what what's the cheapest thing you've ever used? A little bit of paper. <laughs> right, a little scrap of paper. You can get yeah. pretty cheap. I mean, I literally drew a snake on a whiteboard. <laughs> can't, can't get much cheaper than a little... Oh, no, what'd you just do? What did you do? 
Oh, you ripped your mini. Um, yeah, a little, a little piece of cardboard. It's pretty cheap. I've seen people. I mean, people use everything, right? And they use, they use starbursts. You know, I've seen a lot of them where like you get to eat the guys you kill and get diabetes in the same process. Um, I've seen little glass beads. I mean, people use all kinds of things, and everything can be used. Now, the hard part is like as a player. This is this is where like I you know when I think about um, kind of what value they bring to the table. Um, I know as a player, when I go and play organized play games at conventions, the DMs who have the actual minis always impress me more than the ones who don't. And I get it. Like, I'm in the other seat, and I know how hard it can be to get the right minis. Or And, I, you know, I certainly don't expect that everybody's been dumping the money that I've been dumping into it for the last 10 years. But, um, boy, it's nice, you know, when when it's fun when you have your right mini for, you know, your character, and they have the right minis, or at least minis that are close enough for theirs, I know on the player side, I really, I really enjoy it. Um, so I, you know, the the prices can kind of go all over, and I think you can go cheap, but I think there is a value in having a, a really nice, you know, and having a nice mini. What do you think, Enrique? I think when you have a, a fun encounter and the mini matches and everybody's into it, I think it. I think people enjoy the first time you pull out the red dragon. Yeah, right. Maybe maybe the fifteenth you know, time it comes out. <laughs> Maybe it makes an impact. Literally first, an impact, yeah. First few times, and then after a while, I guess, unless if it's the same old players, they might, I don't know. My player, again, I, I come from, a, a, the, the people I play with here at home, they're like, they're kind of indifferent. Mm -hmm. they're, they they're don't more care. Interested, they're more oh, interested in. Doesn't matter. They're more interested in, let's get the game going and, and yeah. stop looking for the right mini. Just put something down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's you know, to, to kind of capture that, as, as sort of, if you think of it like a table aid, the same way you think of like the stuff you buy at the fish shop, you know, anything that kind of just brings you into the game a little bit more, it can be a little bit more immersive, but at what cost? Literal cost and then, you know, time cost and... I think know, I'm more into it than my players are. What's that? I think I'm more into it than my players. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I would... Uh, right. What I'm... Yeah. The, the interesting thing for me is kind of when I, when I have put myself on the player side, I like the minis too. So I don't know, but on the other hand, I've, I've had many of great games where you know the minis were starbursts again, and that's you know that that's perfectly that's perfectly fine. Um, Alex, do we have anything else? I think that about covers it. All right. Well, we've we've spent an hour. We've talked about minis. I don't know that we've solved the mini problem for anybody. Uh, do you have any sort of final? Yeah. So so do you have any final recommendations? For, for people that are either already involved but kind of rethinking their life choices when it comes to minis, uh, or for new people who are getting involved, where where should they, what should they aim so for? So if you're interested in making your own tokens, uh, do a search on Google for NubiDM uh, counters and tokens, and you're going to see a tutorial come out. And I've got to update it a little bit. It's a little outdated because there are other websites that actually help you do it a lot easier. But I think that's a good it's a good starting point if you're interested in that sort of thing. I also have a tutorial there about how to print out maps to one inch scale if you want to use your tokens on, a, on an actual printed map. Um, and then, like you said, there's the pogs that you could buy on the, the, the Pathfinder ones, the ponds. There's the flat mini. I mean, there's so many different options these days. We didn't talk about the. We didn't really get into paper minis, and I think paper minis are. A, are good option for people 
and I mentioned them a little bit. I showed them off a little bit, but you could find these. There's artists that sell PDFs with art that you could download and print at home and make your own little paper minis, and you cut them out and you put them on bases. They sell plastic bases mm -hmm. for them, and or you can go the old school route, use pennies and nickels and dimes. I mean, right. as long as your game is fun, you have to worry about running a good game. Yeah, right. right. Worry about the game itself and not as much about the, the right. how you're representing the monsters and the characters. Yeah. Some people yeah. get too bogged down with that stuff and then they forget that they're primarily there to run a fun game. Right. Right. Yeah. Spend. So, I always, I've been, I say this a lot and I've been, you know, with Dwarven Forge, I've been thinking about it a lot, which is, you know, if you spend 10 minutes thinking about how you're going to hook the characters into the story, which characters are going to be at the table and how you can draw them in and what backgrounds they have that you can tie into the ongoing story. I think that will make such a bigger difference in the enjoyment of everybody at the table than spending a lot of time digging through boxes, looking for the right minis, you know, that just that, 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 you know, that idea of just how am I going to build interesting situations that highlight the characters <laughs> you know, like, I, agree. I agree and i mean it's not one or the other right but i, I know that my own drive is that i want to spend more time thinking about minis <laughs> so yeah I, I i think that for for new people i'm just going to give my my little my my thoughts to um for new people that are getting involved from a miniature perspective the getting into the while the while the the uh you know full 3d plastic minis are i think kind of the nicest um, you know, the nicest kind of mini that you can generally get these days. The cost of getting in there, you know, is is really um, uh, challenging. And because they're randomly assorted, because you have to hit the secondary market and hope, there's a lot of challenges there. But th that idea of starting with, I think, I think for somebody who's got a color printer and wants to spend the time to make them, that is a great solution. Uh, for people that don't have a color printer or don't have the time, I think... Um, uh, you know there are there are a few situations that you there are a few few different places that you can get them flat plastic minis i i have you know mentioned before i think those are a great way i do think that the uh pathfinder bestiary pawns are really good too and that's a reason you know like you can get 350 monsters and you know 100 characters for under 50 bucks i think on amazon and that's a that's pretty hard to beat uh, those are, those are good solutions, I think. But yeah, it's a tough, you know, it's a it's a rabbit hole. Like you get, you know, it is. You 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 start digging into this, and you will, you know, I have found that I'm literally we're still struggling with it today, and we've been doing it forever. So, you know, it's a it's a big topic. Uh, Enrique, it is always a great pleasure to talk to you. I, I thank you very much for coming onto the show, uh, Alex. Thank you for managing the show, and thanks to everybody that came to watch us on Twitch and for all of you guys watching on YouTube. Uh, Enrique, do you have anything you'd like to plug on our way out? Do I have anything I'd like to plug? <clears throat> oh, I have my new uh, mini-cast here on yeah. Don't Split the Podcast Newbie Network. Back. The Newbie DM mini-cast is yep. back. Uh, yep. It's a short podcast, five to seven minutes, maybe ten minutes at most, where I answer a listener question with another DM. Yep. And you'll come on the show soon. Yeah, I'd love to. And um, I'm having fun with that, so I'm doing that. And then I got my Twitter feed on, at NubiDM. Yep. And my website, NubiDM.com. That's great. That's great. It. It's been a great pleasure. So I want to thank everybody, and uh, we 